Welcome. I cannot Welcome. hear you. Welcome to the third episode. I can't hear it through my headphones. Really? You can't hear it? Nope. Hold on. Now there, you can. There we go. Sorry. Things weren't on edition <laughs> and... Welcome. Welcome to the third installment of... Are we finally going to say it? Yeah, we're going to say it. This is the... Go One, ahead, you say it. Two... Unison. No, you say it. You say it. No, because it's gonna. What if we think in different? I feel ways like I'm in high it? school and like you're my girlfriend now. <laughs> this is really gay. What so if we're we, gonna? What if we say we're men? What if and we we're say from, it two different ways? We did not. We did not rehearse how we were gonna say this. All right, we say it in unison. How we say it though? We say it like he would say it. We say it like okay. One. What if they don't understand? Like what Yo, we're you saying. You go ahead and keep interrupting my account. All right. All right. I didn't watch Sesame Street for nothing, nigga. You're going to keep interrupting my account? Okay, okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, motherfucker. One, two, three. Two belts. belts. Oh, fuck. You didn't even (laughs) drag it out? You zoned me? I thought we were friends. All right. All right. All right. This time. Next time. All right. Let's do this. Let's do this. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. One, two, three. Two Two belts. belts. Yes, we are officially now the Two Belts Podcast. Two, mm-hmm. like the number two, B-L-T-Z. Because there are two of us. And the Z's just make everything awesome, right? Yeah. Like, well, it was our way, because we kept using 2 chains memes for right. a good moment, and yeah. then we called ourselves on like Twitter the Tag Team Champions. Pretty so much. Jamil came up with the clever hashtag, Two Belts. Two Belts. And we haven't used it in over like a year. Nah, not at all. So we figured, holy shit, this is a perfect idea. We like wrestling. Right. We're a tandem. Right. It just works. It just works. There you go. It's hashtagable. It's everything. It's literally because it started as a hashtag. It started as a hashtag. It's going to live as a hashtag. It's going to live forever. So, welcome to the Two Belts Podcast, episode three. Now I've got to change the name of the other preceding podcast. But, yeah. So, you, you want to get into the news about, like, Rich Homie Kwan, because this is First the most all, hilarious news The most ever. thugged out shit I've ever heard of. He sounded like he went on a GTA mission, son. He went from <laughs> GTV Vodka to GTA. So, like, here's the thing. Rich Homie Kwan, according to TMZ, and in... in that I, is not... They have absolutely no journalistic integrity, but this sounds hilarious, even if they did come up with it. So, they're trying to get into live at the font. Is it Fontainebleau? How do you pronounce this? Fontainebleau. I sound real. Fontainebleau. 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 Okay. He was pretty much in Florida. All right, let's go. <laughs> he was in Florida, and he told the security guard he was trying to get him to live, and the security guards wouldn't let him in. So pretty much he's like, he socked the security guard in the face, and then he escaped on a speedboat. A nigga who looked like he he weighs as much as a bag of wet clothes sacked <laughs> the shit out of someone's security guard. This is a good, if, they, which homie Quan? Have you seen him in his music videos? Yes. He looks like... He looks like Wiz Khalifa's ugly younger brother. He looks like you know when Goten and Trunks did the the, the, the fusion dance and, and fucked they fucked up. it up. They fucked it up and became the old man. The first one, yeah, he's definitely like that. he's mad out of breath. <laughs> this nigga mad skeletal son. Oh man, we make some dope music though. He really does. He's like my favorite. Like, like I kind of sing with my nose pinched rapper. Is he nigga rap? He raps like he's about to sneeze. Is he your favorite in the Young Thug, Rich Rich Homie Quan tandem? Nah, I like Thugger Thugger better. He's yeah, a little like, more clever. Yeah, he's a little bit more out there too. But like Rich Homie Quan, he's definitely dope. But, but yeah, he escaped on a freaking speed. How fucking boss is That's like... Nigga, only thing that would have made it better is he escaped in a submarine. <laughs> like the submarine opens up and it's like Team Rocket, nigga. Like it's like the... Like, like, it's w- Team Rocket escaping with Pikachu, nigga. They ha- they jump inside the sub and leave. It would have been awesome if he escaped in, like, the Legion of Doom ship and, like, Birdman's, like, Lex... <laughs> Birdman's, like, Lex Luthor and shit He's like that. He's got, like, a bitch behind him rubbing the fucking star on top of his head with lotion. And, like, the rest of Cash Money or the Legion of Doom and, like... Drake's there dressed up as the Riddler. Jay Mills is this f- fucking guy, the backwards S... Bizarro Man? Bizarro nah, Man. Nah, gutta gutta's Bizarro Man. <laughs> Bizarro Superman, gutta gutta. Damn, who else would be? Chitara, like? Nicki Minaj, <laughs> a Lil Wayne is there, who but he's like Solomon be? Grundy. Who? Wait, who's the? <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Young Thug would be Solomon Grundy. Solomon Grundy. <laughs> but yeah, this this was like pretty in terms of just like awesome news for the week. Just like totally unrelated to any of like actual like you know the music critique that we done. This was just so awesome that we had to talk about it, nigga. 
the only way this is getting better is if someone hijacks a rocket ship. <laughs> if some rapper hijacks a rocket ship, I got money up on it. And who's going to be? Who could it be? Let me know. Gucci man, nigga, that's a scary nigga. He, co- he goes down to Cape Canaveral with a fucking gun and that's no shirt true. on. He's waving that shit around like, listen, Gucci man getting on his rocket Yo, ship. He's been in jail more than he's been out and he's released way more material in jail than he's ever released as some sort of civilian person walking the streets shout outs to gucci man shout out to gucci man his work ethic is crazy that is work ethic like people in here can't get these can't get one album off the off the can't just get one album out can't even get their sophomore done and he's here he dropped three albums in one day why because he's his own boss we're to name dash <laughs> We're to Dame Dash. This is continuity in our <laughs> continuity, continuity again. in our podcast. And so, what's the what's the first pro- what's the first um, project we're going to talk about? Let's talk about this Action Bronson project, Mr. Wonderful. Mr. Wonderful. It dropped this week. It dropped um, on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Or is it Monday? Tuesday. It dropped this week. That's irrelevant. Mr. Wonderful, the first like debut album from Action Bronson, and we've been talking about this for like a couple of weeks. From how many blue tip chips and like blue chips and like other party supplies related projects and things like that? But now he's finally got his own album, and I like it. Mm-hmm. Like I like the album. It's pretty. Like I didn't get enough of like who he was as a person, but that's not like yes, you did. Like he's a crazy. He goes, huge white dude from Queens, part Albanian. Chef. He's got like it's it's literally it's everything that personifies Action Bronson in one album. What do you think? His style was crazy. His delivery was crazy. His style was crazy. The music was is it's it's more. I think it's more a lot more authentic mm-hmm. in terms of just like he's not even like reaching for like a radio hit. He's not reaching for anything. No, he did what he wanted. He's to. He's just being. Yeah, the musicality, everything is just like what he wants to do. And granted, I think Baby Blue could be a hit. It could definitely be like They're a not top give forty him that hit. Kind of play. They're not gonna I think give it him. could be. I think even it, even off the back end that he's just uh, like a New York rapper. They're not gonna give him that kind of air. But it's not even like a New York song. It's such a like a. It's such like a bigger song. It's it's not about New York. It it doesn't focus on his like New York diction or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's just like a dope sort of playful record that everyone can relate to because you know bitches ain't shit. I can I can see the the album being remixed a lot. I can see it too. I can see it being remixed a lot and used for different other tracks. But as far as it getting like mainstream play, it's not going to re- be received like that. I, I think it will be. Not I don't know. Like a lot of people take into account his image as a big white rapper. Right. And that he's not even a big scary cat that'll clap you in your chest. But he's so cool. Like he's Yeah, like, he's a smooth dude. He's like the most friendliest. Like he's, he's less intimidating than... Then Macklemore or something. I don't know. Less intimidating. I don't know. You want to go up and hug him? <laughs> no way. Yo, he no. probably smells like all types of spices and he seasonings. He definitely does. And like wax. Bench press people and throw them off the stage if they run up on him. Nigga, yo, his belly to belly game has to be real. <laughs> like he's got tracks like, um, what do I like from this? I like Terry. I like Acting Crazy. Um, I like Easy Rider. I like Baby Blue. I like... Why do these songs have, like, A, B, and C in it? Oh, like A Light in the Attic? That's pretty dope. Like, there's a lot of things here. He didn't He didn't try to, like, rush to, like, some, like... Uh, rush to the sort of go-to producers on mm-hmm. the radio. He stuck with what brought him Not to dance. Not true, because if we kind of look at, like, some of the... What do you mean? He's got He's got Mark Ronson. Wait. That say 40? That says 40. I mean, he didn't rush... I think, like... You don't rush to 40. You don't. Because he doesn't produce for a lot of people. He produces mainly for Drake. Like, there's there's very little other 40 credits. I think there's, like... Yo, 40's production style is so hilarious to me. When what? I figured out what it was, that you just turn the filter down. Like, <laughs> you just turn the filter down. You could do this on any, like, DJing console, any, like, right. raw... You could just turn the filter down right. and, like, have a beat, like, be very absent and, and like, mellow and spacious. Throw in a 90 sample. A very popular, somewhat, you know, throwing, he might throw in the Donnell Jones sample his or beats something. Be cheap, his beats are cheap pops to me. That's <laughs> what they are. They're cheap pops. It's like, oh, yeah, I did love that Genuine song. Hold up. Oh, yeah. Nigga sample, back that ass up. Remember that? Yeah, practice. You're not going, you're not. It was, it was. You're not going to relive that. I remember the first time hearing practice. And I was just like, yo, he really, 
This is really back that ass up on a Drake album. This is fucking insane. This is hilarious. So he's got like he's got like Mark Ronson. He's got Static Selector, mm-hmm. The Alchemist, yes, of course, always frequent dope. collaborator. Party Supplies, supplies Eighty Eight Keys, Forty. He's there's there's not a lot of like real like for the moment, you know, big like mainstream sort of producers that More are features. Re- yeah. This is it, it stands really up on its own. He really kept to himself and like the people that he rolls with. Like Big Body Best is on what? Two tracks? Three? Two tracks. I think he's on two. So it's it's pretty dope. What do you like rated out of? What do you, give me your rating for the album. If you it's have a solid a album. You know, I do the chopped cheese thing. Right. Do the so chopped cheese. It's 3.5. Thing. So it's three chopped cheeses in a roll. <laughs> so chopped cheese on a roll. I'll give it three out of five. Three out of five? I'll I give, give it three, three out of five. five. It's, it's a solid album. I, I would definitely check again. it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll check it out. And then also, um, Earl Sweatshirt's album came out this week, and we talked about it a little bit last week. We can say the title again, too. We can say, I don't like shit. shit. I don't like go outside, outside, which is the fucking greatest title ever. It I is, think it, it is the most angsty title ever. And it personifies the album, too. Like, was it really that dark? It was. It's. Yeah. I, well, yes, I'd say so. In terms of just the whole general sound and the vibe of things, I think um, on my first listen, I didn't really like it at all because I didn't really feel anything sort of from it in terms of the musicality of it mm-hmm. because he sort of. He, he produced his entire album himself, which mm-hmm. I give him props for. But he has this sort of, like, similar, like, dark brooding production style that's, like, real hard thumps and real hard, like, it's it's not really, it doesn't lend itself to the sort of versatile musicality that a lot of different artists do. It doesn't lend itself to, like, it doesn't, it doesn't have the sort of musicality like people like a Frank Ocean will have on his album or a Tyler the Creator would have on his album. It sort of, like, sticks in one sort of just general theme. So it's mad, dark, vague, and... Right. But then I listened to it the second time. And I think I, I listened to it this morning on the train. Um... I decided to take it in for the words instead because I did listen to his NPR podcast. Mm-hmm. He had an NPR podcast this week from South by Southwest. Pretty good podcast in, in terms of you want to learn more about Earl Sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. But, like, he was just sort of elaborating on a lot of things, and I like to sort of view on a lot of different things. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this another one because I was really about to call this Earl Shitstain. I was really about to just call the album that. Doris killed me because I think the only track I played was the ra- track at the end that was remixed. Which one was that? Um, I forgot. Like, because I didn't play that album a lot. Like, honestly, of like, course. I played on Doris. I played probably that one with Frank Ocean. Um, Sunday, I played Chum. I played what's the other one? I played a couple of them. Yeah, Burgundy with Vince Staples. Oh man. On this album, Vince Staples is on it. He has very there's not Solid a lot of verses. features. Yeah, yeah. No, there's not a lot of features. There aren't any features from sort of the odd feature group. He's sort of like stuck to his own sort of new sort of inner circle that he's developed. So there's a lot of and honestly, they're solid features. I have very little idea who who these people are besides Vince Staples, only cuz he's like he, he's on Def Jam. He dropped this dope EP last year. Vince Staples might arguably have the verse of the entire album. He starts off Wool and it's the last track. Kills it for at least half the track. Earl, Earl picks up the other half of the track, but it's like a really, like, in terms of what he's saying, I think that's what people gravitate towards mm-hmm. more. Just in terms of what he's saying, because he gets a lot of critical acclaim for just the words that he says and how he puts them together and everything like that. So I think... um and honestly, I give the album 3.5 out of 5. Like, it's just from what he says. Like, I, I had to dig in deep a little bit more into this album to actually, like, pick up, like, the general theme of it. Even though it's like, you know, I don't like shit. I don't go outside. Duh. But, like, it was pretty good. I'll, 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 I'll give it a, another listen, definitely. And then I'll just pick up the tracks I want to listen to because I'm normally like that with albums. I, like, if I don't want to listen to it again, I really just delete the track. I'll have like six I'll give track it a listen albums. To, I'll give it a listen because I didn't really feel for grief. Right. Like, if you're gonna put that out there, like, at least I don't know, give it a better hook. And it's maybe a, gotta be listen. It's like it's a this by definition should should probably be an EP because this is a 29 it's, minute 29. It's a 30 minute album. 
Isn't it like 10 tracks? It's 10 tracks, but like most of these tracks are like a minute and a half long, two minutes long. There's not a lot of long what tracks. What does he think? He's one of the Ramones? Like, this <laughs> shit is so short. Look at that. He's like the exact opposite of Kanye West. Like, Kanye West will drop a single and it'll be a nice three, three minute, 52 minute song. Okay, great for Some radio. Will be like six and nine. Get to the album. A whole nine minute expansion with like with chords and, and, chorus and, and like a secret Rick Ross verse, like deep down after the break and something. Like you, you have all that, but these tracks are like really, really short. They're really concise, I guess. Um, the general sound of the album sort of flows together. You can't argue about the continuity of that because it just kind of like sticks that way. But I wish he had like, I wish he had like. If he had, like, Dr. Dre, executive producing <laughs> thing. You think Dr. Dre would get out of bed to produce something for Earl Sweatshirt? <laughs> he might. I don't He'd know. He'd probably put his Beats logo on the little nigga Like, forehead. if he was the one, like, tweaking on and mastering all no. this. No. He would Dr. never. Dr. Dre would not He would never do it. He's Financially? Not, he's not getting money out of Earl Sweatshirt. He's never he's making not. unless he puts Earl Sweatshirt in a bunch of beat shit and then have him perform at the Apple conference or anything like that. At the Apple conference? He's a... His head looks like a pear, and you want him at the Apple <laughs> conference? <laughs> oh, shit. Like, it, it would require a lot for him to make money off of Earl Sweatshirt, but there is definitely a, a lot. P- like, a lot of reconstructive surgery, <laughs> a lot of, like, changing his brain Yo, thought patterns. Like, he's going to have to give him a lobotomy. He's not going to oh, fit into man. his bracket of hip hop. But, like, I think the, um, the projections finally dropped for this thing. Um, they're in the same sort of projected area for like sales for this album i think um earl is somewhere between 35k and 40k and then like no not earl action bronson is like somewhere between 35k and 40k and earl sweatshirt is like 30k or something which is respectable for an album that just like he has no strong radio it was announced a week ago it was it came out you know so shout out to them i think two dope releases of the week Oh, not even just two dope releases of the week. There's a third surprise release of the week because this is dun, the dun, dun. this is the month of like surprise dropping shit and like it was future. So the Codeine Cowboy came to roost yes. and he just dropped Fifty Six Nights and all Eight Hundred Eight Mafia produced mixtape. It was pretty like I think people are like, you know, it's funny. What I always look for the producers I want, but like. Pretty much 56 Nights is almost all produced by Southside of 808 Mafia. That's the craziest part. I don't know. He's been on this, like, he's been on this sort of tear lately just in terms of just releasing projects. Like, he released Monster in October. He released Beast Mode in January. He released 56 Nights in March. These are all, like, three months apart. These yep. are all, yeah, they're all three months apart. He's on this sort of tear, especially after, like, Honest didn't do as, like, great as, I guess people thought it would be even honest though, was all right for me yeah i didn't I like think it, it was that bad but i think uh, i think it wasn't sort of the future that like sort of the streets actually like which un- which is understandable i mean if we really talk about it futures changed a lot futures changed a especially post sierra relationship yeah like the mo- the track monster from the monster mixtape mm-hmm. was a, a like a lot if you really listen to it there's a lot of hurt on that album yeah this is that's the general consensus from a lot of people there's like a lot of, he like he just record he locked himself in the studio granted he's a he's a studio rat like he's sad in the interviews like he doesn't want he doesn't really like going out and doing these promotions doesn't like going out and doing these interviews he doesn't really like going out promoting he likes to stick in the lab and just sort of record this music so he likes to sort of stick to that and like he's fucking been doing it for the past six months he's dropped three different projects and they've all been sort of really solid projects my favorite is probably monster yeah monster monster just goes monster, it's got a lot of hits on but it beast mode is tough too commas and fuck up some commas came right off that after that came right off that and that's like i think with that track he's sort of like monster there's a lot of people there's a lot of like Yo, southern you- artists who have these like what happened you don't know how tired I'm hearing. I'm tired. How tired I am of hearing the words DJ Esco. <laughs> DJ Esco, the coolest DJ on the one fucking world. I DJ think Eskimo City, man. He's on this like tear. I think like a lot of different artists. They sort of have these like these southern artists when they have mm-hmm. these buzz coming out their first album and then their second album doesn't do as great like with crowd because they they it, it changes a little bit with the second album when you're just trying to go for a lot more different crossover things mm-hmm. 
And it was looking pretty bad for Future. I, at least I think so. It wasn't mm. looking really good for Future. Like, none of his singles were, like, really popping. Nothing was really, really moving. But now he's sort of, like, rejuvenated himself. And now, like, he's really fuck up these... Fuck up... Uh, fuck up some commas as a single. Fuck up some commas as a single. And it's like, if it if it manages to transition into the summer, could be literally... Yo, that is my income tax biggest. refund <laughs> anthem. Are you kidding me? It fuck up some commas. the biggest... It's like... It's literally the theme song for Brock Lesnar right now. Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. You want to talk about that real quick and how Brock Lesnar deboed his way back into the <laughs> WWE? He literally was like, he was he was on his way to UFC. Mm-hmm. He was p- preparing for UFC. And then he said, nah. He said, nah, because Vince dropped fucking M's on this nigga. Double M's, triple M's. And he's like, now he's back. Like he's Now back he's full- back. And is he back full time? He's back full time for the next three years. My God! And this is, wow, I, I you know who's not going to be eating? John Cena. <laughs> John Cena is not going to be eating. He's not going to be eating. He's not going to be. He's going to be United States champion for like four years running. He's going to have the, the. He's going to have the United States title for three years straight. As long as Brock, probably Brock has that WWE yeah. championship. It might change in and out of Brock's hands, but Brock's like the chosen person that right. Vince McMahon wants to be champion. Right. And how are we, the fans, going to stop him? I don't know, man. We can't. You see that swagger in his walk? He's sure of himself. But fucking this <laughs> this fucking future project. Props to future. March Madness is dope. March Madness is dope. And what's crazy about it is the only track not produced by Southside. It's produced by Tarantino of 808 Mafia. Mm. That's pretty dope. I, I, I like I like the way he's moving right now. So it's 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 pretty tough. Um, and sort of this other news. Have you heard? And I heard this a while ago. It's in, it's in terms of this... Um, this thing about uh, Iggy Azalea's fancy record. Because I heard this a while ago. I'll be honest. I heard this a, a couple months ago, but, like, it wasn't really bubbling Yo, or anything. if I was Scheme, who is allegedly said to have ghostwritten Iggy Azalea's fancy, allegedly. I would have been penning it and going pause after everything I write. <laughs> because when you think about, like, like certain songs, right. and you think about them being re- written like me- by men, mm-hmm. like, I thought this about Diva when Beyonce first came out with Diva. Right. I thought Jay-Z penned it. Right. Because it was like, it kind of felt like something Jay-Z would say, you know? Mm-hmm. But as a girl, and I was like, damn, he must have been like, pause. You know what? He didn't write the hook. Pause. He didn't write the hook? No, Charlie like, XCX wrote the hook. Like, that was probably her song. he wrote his, her verses. He wrote her first thing first. I'm the realist. Sounds like Scheme, honestly. Like, I've listened to his Ingle World album. It sounds like Scheme. So, Sway pretty much, um, there was at the South by Southwest event, and there was, mm-hmm. like, this sort of panel. And Sway, he's he's sort of hinting her and jumping around it. And he's like, he's like, so, Scheme, I heard you wrote for this, like, you know, this very popular song. You, arguably one of the more popular songs of the last year. And Scheme's just laughing. And he's just like, he's just like, he's he's like, yo, I know what you about to ask. So, Sway just outright asks it, and he doesn't, he definitely mm-hmm. doesn't deny it. But he... Scheme does admit what he, label is Scheme signed to? I don't think he, I. I think he's signed under Game. Honestly, he signed under Game's label. Yeah, Scheme. I think it's um Black Wall Street Blood Money Entertainment. Yeah, so he signed under um under the Game. But Inglewood was pretty dope, honestly. But um in terms of the actual like writing of the record, he's, he he admits that he had some sort of investment into the record. Like mm-hmm. he admits that. But, like, you're not supposed to admit that as a ghostwriter. No. You're not, because then you he blow your cover. He doesn't say the, that he wrote it, but he money? said there's definitely some investment he put on the record because he's not listed as an actual writer of the album. Because, honestly, as a ghostwriter, you're supposed to remain a ghost. You right. get paid X amount of dollars, mm-hmm. and if you don't like it, you can go up and say, yo, how about a little bit more money and just I'll stay real quiet. But you can't answer that right. just he's, for a little bit of shine. He's not listed as a writer. Only Iggy Azalea, um, Charlie XEX, and the producers, the Invisible Men, and the Arcade are listed as writers on this. So it's very, very, very interesting. And it, like, brings a lot to... I think um, Nicki Minaj knew it a long, long time ago. What, she has a ghostwriter? Well, yeah, I think everyone sort of assumed that. But I think um, Nicki Minaj, she definitely refer- referenced it last year at the BET Awards. Uh-huh. So M- Nicki Minaj won Best Female Rapper probably for, like, the consecutive six year in a row or something like that because there are really no f- other females rappers touching her right now. Yeah, she's really on a pedestal by herself. So she's just pretty much like, listen, I write my own shit. Like, and it, it just happened, like, after Iggy Azalea performed. And she performed fancy, believe it or not. 
at the BET Awards. That was crazy. How'd that happen? But um, <laughs> but it's she definitely. I think she knew. Um, a couple of people I talked to knew, and mm-hmm. um, so I don't know. Just it, it goes further against her being taking her seriously, and a lot of people are really not into her right now. She seems just more of like a complainer. I think she's a very very nice person. Who Iggy Azalea? Kind of annoying. She's a very nice person. Before the fame, she was very, very, like, she's a person who talks to her fans. She's a person Mm -hmm. who's just very relatable. Oh, yeah. She's, like, one of those. She was a very, very nice person. But I think sort of fame just sort of, like, people got really, really annoyed with her really, really fucking fast. Eh. Yeah. Eh. And then, Uh, like, now she had, like, this tour, and then she had to postpone the tour because, like, (laughs) ticket sales. (laughs) I guess ticket sales (laughs) were crazy, so they Can we talk about Tinashe pulling out of her tour? Yo, she did. Tinashe pulled, like, the most shady move I've ever seen a girl do. It's not shady. It's a shady move, side. It's not shady. She's fucking up her money. Like, listen, it's... Tinashe, and and to promote this tour, by the way. But she pulled out of all dates. She could have just done it for a couple days. Nah, you can't do it. Like, she she pushed it, like, six months down the line. Mm -hmm. So it's not like she doesn't know if she can commit to that. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to make money right now. She literally, she got, Tinashe has a new single now, All Hands on Deck from the Aquarius album. And there's a version with Iggy Azalea on it. Like, Iggy Azalea attacked on the verse, so now they have this, like, joint thing to sort of promote the tour. And now that sort of single goes up in, like, trash because they can't really, like, promote the tour. They might as well just do the solo version of the record now because she's not going on tour with her. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, you get the crossover-ish from Iggy Azalea being on your record, but, like, you don't really get – you don't really gain anything real monetary from the tour by doing it. So pretty much Tanache pulled out of the Iggy Azalea tour. But ends up on the Nicki Minaj tour. Yeah. Get that money, girl. Yo, that tour is gonna be lit because I looked at the bill, I was like, they're appealing to every market they possibly can. They've got like Tanache, Ray Shremard, Meek Ray Mill. Ray Shremard, Meek Mill, Tinashe, Dej uh, Loaf. Dej Loaf. They're like pulling a bunch of markets in. That's just together. So crazy. Like you've got like I'm Ray Shrem- s- I'm so surprised she took Dej Loaf on that tour. I'm not. Because I understand why. Why? Why? Like, she basically picked, like, a bunch of people that are buzzing and could do songs into each other. She doesn't fuck with other female rappers, period. She yeah, but she be probably a, respects her a lot. She yeah, she probably does, but she doesn't want to be as... She made that mistake before when she <laughs> she tried to, like, fuck with Azalea Banks. Mm-hmm. But, of course, that shit wasn't happening because Azalea Banks is fucking Azalea Banks. Yeah, she doesn't fuck with anything. She made that mistake before, <laughs> so it's it's real surprising to me that she actually took she's taken Deja Loaf on tour. Really, the one thing I can say about Azalea Banks is whenever she feels like it, she's not with any sort of the shits. Like she's not with anything. Nah. She wants to fight the world, son. Yeah, it's really like now she's in Playboy too. Yeah, she's in Playboy, but who's and trying like to pouring milk on herself? And yeah, who's trying to see that? I saw it. I wasn't really trying to see it. <laughs> oh man I, I used to love her when she first came out because i was like yo this girl is raw and real and she's got like this feel it's sort of like like cool and it could be she almost, got an edge to her and she could be almost timeless right but i don't know i just want to see her grow and evolve to right. a person that's not super petty right yeah yeah why not um drake's album or mixtape or whatever the fuck he's trying to call it is actually getting a physical release now a physical release, like we can go out and buy. You a can go out and buy that shit in stores. Wow! As a digital album, I think it's sort of. Nah, he should go out with his car and just park in front of Union Square, just handing them to people. He really should, because because that way it feels like an actual mixtape. Like, bro, check my SoundCloud. You know why? Because it's not a fucking mixtape. <laughs> then it's not a fuck. Yeah, it's this not shit a, is an album. Like, like, all like, with like with my ears, I can tell you that it's a mixtape because it's not mixed and mastered. But right. when I when I tell you about song quality, it's kind of like. It's a fucking album, It's a man. fucking album, it's my nigga. It's 18 album. tracks. This shit got Know Yourself. Know Yourself is fucking blowing up. These other songs are going to blow up. He's Run already... Do the he's got like... He's balls. at like almost 800,000 sold just digitally, by the just way. Just digitally? Just digitally. So when he put the fucking physical in the fucking stores... Oh, my God. The Howie Beast are going to lose their Over mind. a million on a mixtape. Between that... Made a million off a mixtape. Mix Rich off a mixtape. And that's what he's going to say, but you know... It's a fucking album. Yeah, you're gonna hear that line next album probably. He's, he's gonna do that. He's gonna he did this move purely to stunt. 
You know what I think his next move is? Buying the Toronto Raptors. He doesn't. He, he's he's gonna, pretty much like he's pretty much the face of them. Right? He's gonna no. He's gonna become the owner of the Toronto Raptors. I don't know. That's when, a lot of money. When his flex money gets up, what do you mean? When his flex, that's a lot of money to own a fucking NBA basketball team. It's a lot of money that you spend at a strip club, but that doesn't stop him. I don't think he has enough money to spend on an NBA basketball team. I mean, you if never he becomes know. part of an owner. Is he going to become like the Jay Z sort of part of an exactly, owner? Exactly, like part of an owner. Movie? I'm not saying like own it solely. Of course, you own it in parts, right? And it's always about who owns the most, who's right. the, who gets to say in certain things. But I'm saying he's going to have some money invested in them because look at all the investments he's doing in them now with these fucking jerseys and shit. Like he's re- he's re-releasing the jerseys. He's the fucking OVO renaming jerseys. them the OVO Raptors, my nigga. No, that's not really true. But the like, OVO Raptors, well be, the no, that OVO should be Raptors. horrible because you they like their their uniforms would be black and gold. The fucking Raptor wouldn't be like purple and red. <laughs> It'd have an owl head on it. And like, is it a Raptor anymore if it has an owl head? No, it no, would be, they'd be the fucking OVO owls. That should be that should like a weird ass fucking kid <laughs> hockey team. Like the fucking OVO owls, or like he's got to coach them because you know he has like be a court night. order. <laughs> He has a court order. Yeah, they all they only play his songs when they're playing. That's dope. I don't like know. they only ever play like they literally only ever play the motto because that's right. like the the most upbeat sounding Drake song. They got know yourself now. Yeah, they I got that the and energy and no new friends. Right. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's about it. That's me. Yeah, fuck him. Uh, <laughs> fuck him. Fuck him. I don't know. Um, so in terms of album news for next week. It's um because March has been fucking on fire for fucking rap albums, even though it normally never is. Mm-hmm. Like period. Wale's dropping the album about nothing, nothing. next week. With a forward by Jerry Seinfeld. Like a written no, like a spoken forward, like on the book. I don't know how I feel I mean mm-hmm. I'm surprised he's still releasing this album on this date. Just because there hasn't been like that sort of major sort of this major sort of like roll out for this album maybe he's not doing that but he's definitely mm-hmm. released singles for the album and he's not really supporting these singles nor is he really out there like pushing this album he's not on the breakfast club like saying he don't like shit or he's not on the hot 97 saying like you know people don't really fuck with me but they're gonna fuck with me with this album because fuck all of them or like something along those lines so he's not really like out here doing anything and it drops like next week and he's got um all of them, all of the titles start with the like, like, like an actual Seinfeld like episode, the fucking Seinfeld episodes, um, like the cookie. It features only J Cole, who has like fucking people. Nev- people always remember when it comes to J Cole and Wale. People will always remember the beautiful bliss track, yeah, because J Cole fucking washed the hell out of him on this track. Just like nigga said, he undid his dreads on that track. <laughs> No comparison. Like, this track is fucking, like, he went the fuck off on this track. Tried them just to get, like, shoelaces and watch him trip. (laughs) And this was, like, on his debut. And it's, like, the most memorable thing on his debut. Oh, my God. Did you like Wale's debut? I never listened to it. You never listened to his debut? No, I only listened to a couple tracks from The Gifted and I didn't even like it. You didn't like The Gifted? I I like, like, a little bit of The Gifted. I don't because let's run through his discography right now. Let's his see. discography. Let's run through his discography. Let's let's give Wale the attention he deserves because he's not a bad artist. He's not a bad artist. He just happens to be a dick sometimes. Yeah, and I think he's doing his and I think face turn right now. He's doing his face turn. He's doing his face turn. He really, like how he's been talking to the fans lately. Talking to the fans, talking to the fans about wrestling. He's doing his face turn, and he's he's he was on com like he was nigga, mad at complex and then he was on the cover of complex and was a nigga i want him to do the craziest heel turn right now nah that would not be nigga i want him to hit like i don't know rick ross in the back of the rick head with ross a chair in the back of the head with a chair i saw that coming i don't know how much <laughs> heel turn that would be <laughs> that'd be one hell of a heel turn that would be a pretty much he's gonna turn. do that now nah, he's gonna do that then grab a pear eat it and spit it at rick ross rick ross he's never, gonna be like that's not cool rick ross never bricks kayfabe at all Yo, son, he really never, doesn't. It would never. And for those who don't know what kayfabe is, look it up. We have Google. Right, look it up. But um, it's in terms of his album, he had Attention Deficit, which had that Lady Gaga song that people really didn't fuck with. You mean Poker Face? And this, no, it was Chillin'. Chillin'? It's, it's like Chillin'. And then, oh, my God. You don't remember that, that song? song? Oh, you know my why? God. Yeah, I remember the video for it. Because the video was a little, like. He, they, he had, like. He was at like the peak of like Gaga. This was when Gaga came out and was like killing. She was hot. Poker shit. face and shit like that. 
And then, like, no one fucked with the song. And I think he didn't want to release it first. But, like, they ended up releasing it first for some fucking reason. But, like, no, we're not doing ads on this one because you did not pay for it. <laughs> I'm OD Petty. I'm not going to play, like, YouTube with your ads. Okay. There's, like, chilling. This was the first song a lot of people heard from Wale. And I don't know. It didn't really, like, stick at all. None of the first album actually stuck. Sound like an early Meek Mill <laughs> track. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, this is... Oh, no. Nah. I thought would have thought that was M.I.A. <laughs> I think that's what they went for with this shit. Really? I think for, I think Interscope, like, planned out a lot of this album. A lot People like Attention Deficit, but, like, I wasn't too crazy about it. I thought it was kind of, like, disjointed and sort of all over the place. Um, then he dropped um, Ambition. Mm-hmm. Which was like his first album on like Maybach music, and now he's on like on Warner Brothers and shit like that. His first album, and then it's like he's got all these dope songs. But he had he had Bait, which was dope. Chain oh, music, Bait was a good joint, which was dope. My favorite line from Bait: "What the fuck was it? Shit, that bottom half is fishy. What you a mermaid? Like that shit was so like corny, corny as fuck." <laughs> That bottom half is fishy. He had Lotus Flower Bomb. Like, that this sounds is, stinky. <laughs> this is by far his most successful Lotus Flower Bomb, man. You remember when that track came out? I remember it. Between I remember that everyone and ba- fucking loving that song. Between ba- that and Bad, we only played that for thoughts. We played this, like, they play this on the radio all the time. Yeah, between this and Bad, it was literally played on the yeah. radio all the time. And then Bad came out with a Rihanna remix when no one still played when it came out. <laughs> and then, like... I think because, like, the writer of the song actually fucked it up. Tierra Thomas kind of, like, fucked it up by saying, like, she wrote the song. And then it was, like, this whole different thing about it. But um, he has he has some dope sh- I think this wasn't, like, a him-sounding album because it was a lot more influenced by Rick Ross and things like that. Like, he has a lot of, like, there's a very lot of, like, strong trap elements to it. Whispering in his ear with his lemon uh, Oh, yeah, West. Slight Work on this album. I totally forgot Listen, Slight Work. Slight Work was a cool joint. Who's is Diplo. Yes, of Diplo. course it was. Diplo with his boop, 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 boop. Slight produ- Work was dope. Bubble producers. I'm pull it up right bubble now. Bubble production. Yo, he just make bubbles in the studio, my nigga. That's what makes those noises in the background. He and just be blowing so bubbles. Like, is this it? Work. Slight Work. This is dope. It was a good, playful joint. He had also, like, Ambition from the album on it. He had, like, this song. He has a song produced by... He has a couple songs produced by DJ Toomp, which is, like, one of my, like, favorite producers. Really? Surprisingly. Yeah, DJ Toomp. One of my, like... I like... Like, what's your top five DJ Toomp joints? All right, now I gotta pull it up. He produced... I remember he produced... Did he produce Can't Tell Me Nothing? Because that's like one of my favorite songs ever. That's right. He did <laughs> produce that. He produced that. He produced... Um, right, every time he's on a track, like Kanye's a cool, on a track. cool T.I. shit. Like, he produced like, a lot of every T.I. Time, shit. Every time Kanye's on a track, I automatically th- think he produced the whole thing. And I'm starting to realize that's not the right way to no, think about no, no, no. it. No, 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 He produced Can't Tell Me Nothing. He produced, like, What You Know About That, which was, like, by T.I. He produced a lot of T.I., by the way, like, a that's lot of T.I. That's probably why I don't have any, because everyone knows I, I really can't stand T.I. and he, his hat. <laughs> be the hat that never fucking falls the off his head. The hat never fallen that's off his stuck head. Up with, like, the nigga was doing push-ups in one video and the hat didn't fall the off his head. The hat didn't fall off. The shit is just laying to the side on his fucking head. Yo, his hat is on autopilot, nigga. He produced um, Good Life. He co-produced Good Life on Graduation and Big Brother. Holy fuck. Um, I like a lot of his shit. Damn. I like a lot of... He DJ produced for Pastor Troy. That's hilarious. He produced a lot of, like, Southern... He, I think... He doesn't produce a lot, but he produced a lot of dope he, shit. Trap Back Jumping, which is dope, which is, like, an underrated, like, T.I. track that people don't give um, enough credit. And then he moved... So then now Wale moves to The Gifted, which is, like, his first... I think it was his first number one album. Mm-hmm. Well, because he did that number one album, Maneuver. <laughs> what do you mean? Dropping in the week that no one else drops? Yeah, <laughs> you drop it. You have a good, you have one or two strong singles. Right. Like his clappers joint and his his bad joint were his like clappers was not a strong single. 
it was, and it wasn't it was like kind of, but it was getting mad radio. Play. I didn't like it at all, man. Like I didn't like Clabbers at all. I thought it was real. I think it was so. It, it was really cheap. I mean, oldie. Shorty got a big old, but oh yeah, I thought it, it was, was a like, cheap pop. Yeah, like love hate thing. That's the type of tracks that he makes that could be hits. Like you wouldn't see like J Cole resort to a Clappers. Like you wouldn't see him resort he, to. No, he'd do it, but he'd do it a different way. If he's going to do something like Clappers or similar to Clappers, it's going to be like a double. It's going to be yeah. It's going to be meaning and double kind. Yeah, it really means like I don't want to be controlled by this rap game or all these Clappers. Yeah, because I'm because I'm an independent, strong, independent, light skinned man, woman. No, no, I'm kidding. This (laughs) had Juicy J on it. It was pretty straightforward. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Yo, saying you put Juicy J on a track, he's going to tell you how he's going to like throw money at you and blow smoke in your pussy. Juicy J coming drag. Listen, I'm going to throw money on this track. Um, some bitches are gonna shake their ass on this track, and then you go mix and master it. That's how we gonna do it. That's how Juicy J does it. Juicy J's work ethic is amazing. Then he's got. I didn't even listen to his last like. Oh, Blue Dream and Lean. No, I didn't listen to it. Blue Dream and Lean Two is. Yeah, is, I didn't. I listened to the first one, and I knew that one just because Bands Make a Dance came off of it. Yeah, and it was originally just a solo version, and then he added Two Chains and Lil Wayne and made it the classic ass song that it fucking was. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally like. I have not moved that from my iPod, and it never will, because that song is fucking incredible. Mike Will made it. And now we've got an album about nothing, which is like... Yo, if Jerry Seinfeld or George Costanza or even Cosmo <laughs> Kramer hasn't made a beat on this or has, like, a guest verse, I don't know what to tell you. Oh, man. Like, this is... this Like, I'm... like other than the titles of the tracks, what really makes it the album about nothing? I really got it, like... I don't see interludes saying Jerry Seinfeld or George's name. You know what? Jerry Seinfeld, he is on the record, actually. Like, he's on the second single, Matrimony, but he's, like, in the beginning speaking about it. So we probably are going to get all these records where Jerry Seinfeld sort of speaking about it, not cut up on skits. You know it's going to be so funny? It's going to limit him to those people that are, like, super blipsters and kind of remember, <laughs> like, remember Seinfeld growing up. Like, I remember. I remember the Soup Nazi episode. I remember the episodes about the— I watched very few episodes of Seinfeld. The puffy shirt, the goggles. And you know why I watched very few episodes why? of Seinfeld? Because it came on after The Simpsons. And I would just oh, like, you treated the Simpsons I, as your highlight. I couldn't, I oh couldn't find God. the remote, and then I was like, "Yo, this show is pretty funny." Yo, you remember that episode of Family Guy where they t- talk about Brian being racist, yes. but it's like almost a little subversive. It's like a like a like a like plot level C, right? Like it's not even in the main forefront yeah, or yeah, even yeah, like yeah. in the back. Yeah. And then he's wa- like at the end of the episode, he's watching SNL and he turns it off right at night. Uh, Hollow <laughs> comes on. He's like, "What? I'm tired. It's like 1 a.m." <laughs> That's how I feel felt about Night at the Apollo. I was like, "Am I a bad person of color for not watching this?" No, night fuck of it. The Apollo. No. No. No, you were. It got pretty crazy. Like yeah. Monique was hosting and shit. Like it got pretty crazy. <laughs> oh my god. Um, and then also next week, Ludacris's album is coming out next week. I don't know how to feel about Modern Ludacris. I'm very iffy about it. I am so disappointed in Ludacris. What is it called? Ludaversal? It's called Ludaversal. This nigga sounds like a fucking ride at a amusement park, no. the Ludaversal. You see all these albums on his discography, except like Incognito. I have all <laughs> of these fucking albums. Uh-huh. I have seven Ludacris albums. Yeah. And now in 2015, I do not like Ludacris anymore. Really? I what? don't fuck with Where did you where did you stop giving a fuck about Ludacris? I stopped giving a fuck right about no, right about between Hold on. Before but but after you thinking mad hard about this? I'm thinking like yo, you got to see the sweat battle, dripping from this nigga's it's head right fucking now. Fucking hot in this room. It's not because it's hot. It's because he's pressed. So <laughs> it's like uh, I gotta get this right. Battle of sexes. I still have that album. Hold on, hold though, on, hold on. I'll tell you right when I lost giving two fucks about Ludacris. what Ludacris releases. I was in high school when this dro- album dropped. Release therapy. I did not care for it. And you know what's crazy? That's his like album that won the best rap album grammy yeah and won the it won the all the like it's it's so insane that like it's like his most like critically acclaimed album even though it was still kind of trash like it's it had runaway love on it and like money maker but like money maker i like that track but runaway love really pissed me off I'm sorry, you can't come at me with like all this splash waterfalls ass dirty <laughs> that southern was a rap. Fucking amazing song, yo. Yo, son, you can't even come at me with this shit. The and then production on that song. And yo, the, the production. Sadique. First of all, the production on the last what like 
four four albums he came out with before that 2006 release was amazing to me. Like Diamond in the Back with that sample. Yeah. Oh. Everything was so like. Listen, here, here's here's literally how I feel now. This is the equivalent of like the general public uh-huh. finding out wrestling isn't real. That's how I feel being 25 years old as opposed to being 13 years old and loving Ludacris. <laughs> and now I'm like, yo, he was he's not really good anymore. Word, Ludacris I, made me want to wear baggy like NBA NBA like NFL jerseys. Features all the time killed every fucking feature. Every possible fucking feature there was. Even the features like that wasn't really big, he killed it anyway. And then like I think somewhere along lines, like he's granted. I'll admit this as a Ludacris fan who has seven of these fucking albums. None of the albums were truly like fucking groundbreaking. I think actually, Theater of the Mind is his best album. None of these albums. Really? Yeah, yeah. Your therapy release left such a bad taste in my mouth. I didn't give any of those other albums a shot. I just heard the singles. But he's so like outdated now. Ther- Theater of the Mind came out when hip hop was sort of shifting mm-hmm. because at during that same week. Kanye West, 808s, and Heartbreaks came out. I know because, like, he originally had, like, five straight number one albums or something like that, and he didn't get number one because Kanye came out the same week as him. And, like, it w- it was, like, the the general, like, tide of music was changing, and, like, he didn't change. And then he decided to become this, like, movie, this, like, quote-unquote movie star, but he's, like, really only in, like, Fast and Furious movies and mm-hmm. shit like that. So it's, like, like his filmography looks kind of, like, sh- shifting. He was in Crash. He was in Hustle and Flow. I kind of like Crash. No, why is he no strings attached? For what reason? He was like you know like the black friend in like (sighs) in like the romantic comedy. No, bro, you gotta like fuck her like this, man. Like he's one of those. (laughs) He's one of those. You gotta slap it from the back, my bro. In a in a fucking romantic comedy starring starring Ashton Kutcher, he was the black friend. Nothing's a romantic comedy starring Ashton (laughs) Kutcher, son. Because there's nothing romantic about watching Ashton Kutcher, like, act. <laughs> You're fucking... I like Ashton Kutcher a little bit. Really? A little bit. I hated Punk. I thought the premise of Punk was so horrible. Punk was... You didn't like Punk... You didn't like the first episode when Justin Timberlake's literally crying on his front lawn? No, because why should Justin Timberlake <laughs> cry? He was crying anyway. Why should he cry? Because he lost everything. They came and repossessed everything. Like, he doesn't get this. Like, he isn't, like, wasn't in one of the biggest fucking boy bands on Earth and released one of these, like, big-ass solo albums. Yeah, you treated... You treated, like... You basically treated someone who I could equivalent to, like... <laughs> I don't know, like... White singing Jesus, <laughs> and you just gonna take him and go. You know, you know what? I'm Yo, gonna scare the shit out of you. That's my, that episode it, they, of Punked. They almost never did it to people that deserved it. Like celebrities that's that it. I really wanted to see get punked are all the people that probably would have said, "No, I'm not showing up to the show for you to make me a joke of me." Like fucking Dick Cheney and shit. Yeah, like people that so <laughs> yo punking Dick Cheney. Like sit him down in the war room, have his all all this like people in on it and be like yo we just dropped a bomb on this country oh, what do you mean shit. and then you have cnn do a fake broadcast in the war room oh yo shit. he'd have like five heart attacks oh shit yo that is so true but him punking fucking justin timberlake is one of the most iconic moments on like mtv television i'll say on mtv television i won't say on the actual television but like you can't why does this chair keep going down okay there we go so like <laughs> But back to Ludacris, like, I feel like, I'm, I don't know how to feel about it, because I felt like I've literally grown out of Ludacris. That's mm-hmm. how I feel like him. And he hasn't, like, sort of, he hasn't sort of changed his style. His style has arguably became worse, just because it's become, he's become, he's less attached to, like, the southern sort of rapper that he was, and yeah. now he's sort of, like, this sort of kind of glossy movie star who, like, who's been out of the game for literally mm-hmm. five years, he hasn't dropped the album and then, like, he dropped he dropped these, like, singles before. He dropped this, like, single with, like, Usher and David Guetta. And we were, everyone was, like... He dropped that single with, the joint with um, Cashmere Cat and Jeremiah. Yeah, and I didn't like that one either. No, I love the production. And I love Jer- the production. You can't and get Jeremiah's wrong with Jeremiah's hook. It was tough. You can't get wrong but, with Cashmere Cat and Jeremiah. But... But then he fucking ruined it. <laughs> I don't know. The verse is all right. And it's third verse, really. I didn't like... You know what I didn't like? I didn't like the sample. I thought it was like way too like. It was you. You remember the sample? It was like, um, what was it? On 
on that on that Ludacris one. Yeah, the cashmere, like Party Girls. Yeah, it wasn't it was, a sample. He just kept using the hook from Barbie Girl. Yeah, well, it was like, are you traumatized by Barbie Girl? Because I know a lot of people. A are. little bit, yeah, a little bit. So I was just like, Yo, Ludacris, why are you remaking Barbie Girl? Why are you remaking Barbie Girl? See, it's right here. And, yeah, even Wiz Khalifa was on the track. Fuck. Well, we don't even remember his verse because I didn't even say anything about him. I was him. about to say fuck Wiz Khalifa. I don't want to say fuck Wiz Khalifa. I want to say, I don't know, I'm going to fuck Amber Rose. I don't know. Have you seen her pictures on fucking Twitter? She's been throwing ass everywhere on Twitter. I don't care anymore. Like, when a girl starts behaving like a thought, I don't give them my attention because that's what they want. I think, yeah, she definitely wants the attention. She wants the attention and she wants, like, the heat because she's not with him anymore. So she doesn't have a reason to be, like, constantly in the eye because he was always posting pics about her every day some, or, like, talking about her sometimes. And, like, he helped her, kind of. Why did I get an alert just now? I got an alert from Instagram that Lil Wayne just posted his first picture on Instagram. You got an alert from I got Instagram? an alert from – it literally said – because I guess I'm following Lil Wayne. It literally said, see Lil Wayne's first Instagram photo. Really? Yeah, it says it right here. See? From what? Like 5,000 years ago? No, from just now. That's his first picture? His first picture. Literally. This is five minutes ago. Wow. He took a picture of himself holding like, what is that, in Arizona? No, I think it's some Starbucks shit. Maybe. No, it's not Arizona. This nigga's... There's lean in that, boy. (laughs) Um, Is this how you want to end? We should end it here. Let's cut it off here. We're at the, like... Uh, so this has been the third edition this of has the been two, the third of the two, two belts, belts podcast. podcast unison in unison so um For strength but my friends let's do i a have proper outro i have started an ask fm for anyone who wants to ask us questions and right. we will we will not answer them textually we will read them on air and you will find out your answers sunday when this drops well on air like like on podcast air? on podcast air on podcast air you know that that air we stick in like it's like, a smooth kind of like air that it's real like real like nah it's dusty his hair is uneven <laughs> <laughs> and you're not that cute. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so we're going to drop that via podcast for you guys to listen to us answer your motherfucking questions. Because we could talk forever about what we want to talk about. Well, we want to hear what you guys want to talk about, too. Right. So, so ask us. Ask us our feelings on certain topics, it, certain albums. And we will get back to you in a timely manner. So I'm going to put the link. I'm lying. we release the podcast. I'm no p- timely manner. CP time all the way. I'm going to put the link when we release the podcast. So when this podcast is released, which it will be, because there's there's no other way you'd be listening to it right now if it wasn't released. You see that? We're (laughs) fucking with your minds. (laughs) The link will be there. So it's out now because you're listening to it now. It's out now. This podcast is out now because you don't know when. I think I fucked myself up. Yo, let's end it here. This has been Jamil. And Carlos. And this is the Two Bells Podcast. Signing off. Done.